Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, examining the Word of God, following the example of the Book of Acts Church to see how they serve the Lord. We dig deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. And in doing so, I believe we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer all the way back to its um, inception back in the early 1990s in Tallahassee, Florida, in our home church. We believe that each and every one of us have an opportunity and a responsibility to be a part of the priesthood of the believer and regain the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is still in effect. It hasn't ended. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. It's there if you want it. If you have any questions, visit firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button to reach out to us or write us directly via email at theporch, one word, lowercase, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, and we appreciate each and every one of you that does support our effort, Go to firefalltalkradio.com. Bottom of the homepage are ways to do that. Just pray about it and give as the Lord leads. Freely has been given, freely we give. We don't we don't put a, a a price on it. We just say do what the Spirit does. If the Spirit shows you to do it, then you do it. Welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. The November newsletter went out. If you didn't get it, check your spam folder. I'm sorry. Every time I say spam folder, I think of that little can, the blue can with the word spam on it, the processed meat inside of it, whatever. Look in the folder where they send the mail that they don't recognize. All email addresses are being migrated over to the new email service that will begin pretty soon. Remember, if you need prayer or want to pray for others in the porch community, just let us know. Contact us. We care about you. Well, Lord, we know you care about us, and we love you for that. We love you for what you did to restore us in right relationship to our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father. We thank you that you allowed them to nail you to a cross for you to shed every drop of blood to set us free from sin and death, to allow us to boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. Now, Father, I know a lot of your children don't know that relationship with you. They've been given an external, distant, angry God picture when you are a loving Abba. I know growing up, Lord, that I was shown to see him as such, and uh, we used to call him the man upstairs. Well, I don't anymore, because that man is my heavenly Father. My Lord and Savior sits at his right hand. And because of that, I'm allowed to sit with them. And there'll come a time we'll all sit at the same banquet table together and break bread. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you for taking in someone like me who desperately needed to know you. Now, Lord, thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to fill us, to guide us, to teach us, to remind us of everything you've said and everything you've done so that we don't need man, we don't need somebody to tell us what you're thinking or doing, the Holy Spirit directly from you to us can do that. So right now, we clear our minds. We take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah, and we cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself above the knowledge of El Elyon, God Most High, our Father. We ask you to bless the technology. We ask that you bless each and every one of us. And Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever you want to do tonight. And I pray all this in Yeshua's name. Amen.
These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So your Bible should be open right now. You should be ready to receive. Remember, you can download these to listen to them again, to take notes or pick up things you might have missed, and feel free to share them if the Lord leads you. So we're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving. And I know for some people that's a great day. For some, it's a very difficult day. But I want to talk about it. The first thing, really what I want to talk about is being thankful. Thankfulness is the name of this Bible study. And every year, I wonder, what am I thankful for? Well, some of it I share on the show a lot. I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful that he gave me back my family, my wife, my children, and then all these years of being able to serve him in the family business. And I'm thankful for all the things he's allowed me to do for him and the people I've met and the miracles I've been a part of, the miracles I've received setting the captives free, seeing lives restored, seeing the reality of the Messiah, the signs of the Messiah in this current modern-day world. But I'm very thankful. I'm thankful to have his word. I'm thankful that that Bible is there to tell me more about him, to teach me, to show me, to open up my mind and open up my heart and change the way I think and being saved 34 years now, I got to tell you, it's a constant transformation. Things are changing from glory to glory. Every time I get into his presence, I learn a little more. I change the way I think. I, I look back at the early days of being a baby believer and shake my head, but I realize that that's a part of the process. But Psalm 100 is a psalm of thanksgiving. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. God's presence inspires that joyful shout, dynamic praise, singing, gladness, thanksgiving, and worship. It it causes you to, to well up inside. And, and I remember being a baby Christian, learning all these things, a baby believer, and and feeling the Spirit for the first time. And during praise and worship, we had some awesome days of praise and worship at the old Christian heritage, just getting lost in it, my hands up towards heaven, like a little child saying, Daddy, pick me up. And he was. He was picking me up from the inside out. He was picking up the wounded, broken me. He was healing those places. So when, when the psalmist says, the Lord is good. I know that. You should know that. And that shout of goodness is an appeal to his mercy and his truth. The Hebrew word for truth comes from the root meaning to be established or to be confirmed. From this root comes the word amen, which means surely or truly. And the one thing we know that God's goodness is based on his loyal love and his truth. So tomorrow, many people all across America will be sitting down with families at tables. And Thanksgiving in America traces back to the colonists in New England. Canada also celebrates it, but I'm just dealing with the American one. In 1621, there was a harvest feast between the Algonquin-speaking Mapanoag Native Americans and the colonists, the English-American settlers known as the Pilgrims in that area of Massachusetts. And they got together and they shared food and they, they broke bread and a treaty was made and for a short period of time everything was good and that was until 
England came and started a war with both sides and killed a lot of colonists and Native Americans. But George Washington proclaimed a second day of Thanksgiving in 1795 following the defeat of the Whiskey Rebellion. After Washington left office, John John Adams, James Madison, and others declared days of Thanksgiving. Several presidents opposed a day of national Thanksgiving, with Thomas Jefferson's name always coming up in that regard. But you see, he had his reasons. See, Jefferson first declined to mark the day in 1801, and rumors began to swirl that he despised the event, but it was more complicated than that for Jefferson. Supporting Thanksgiving and the manner in which they did it meant supporting a state-sponsored religion, and it was his aversion to mixing church and state that earned him the reputation of America's only anti-Thanksgiving president. And I get where he was coming from politically, but the truth is, it is a spiritual event. By 1855, 16 states celebrated Thanksgiving, 14 on the 4th Thursday of November, 2 on the 3rd. But it wasn't until 1863 that Abraham Lincoln established the regular tradition of observing the days of um, a national Thanksgiving on the last Thursday of November. But for those of us who believe we don't need governmental proclamations, we don't need presidents to tell us anything, every day is Thanksgiving. See, being thankful, thankfulness is a big deal in the Bible. It's one of the few things that we're told is God's will for us. The Lexham Bible Dictionary says Thanksgiving, and it has two words, both the Hebrew, todah, and the Greek, Eucharistia, which is where we get the word Eucharist, I'm ahead of myself, is the act of offering thanks or being thankful to God, often connected to provision, deliverance, or God's character. It's commonly associated in Scripture with meals and worship. In the Jewish prayers of thanksgiving, according to the Mishnah, the standard prayer for the food begins, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. Well, those praying then acknowledge are acknowledging God's sovereignty over the item being blessed, whether fruit or wine, vegetables or loaves of bread. But it's his sovereignty. I, I get up in the morning. I know I've told you this many times, and it's in the, the book, The Supernatural Battle. I will look up at the dark sky and say, Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I I am thankful he woke me up. I'm thankful that my heart is beating, even if at times it's not beating correctly, as happens in this world. It's beating. And I'm thankful that one day I'll see him face to face. So two words in the Tanakh encompass the idea of thanksgiving. Hodu, which is the command to give thanks, but the specific word meaning thanksgiving is todah. It means sacrifice to show how thankful you are. Psalm 26, verses 6 and 7, I will wash my hands in innocence, and I will go about your altar, Adonai. Then I will proclaim with a voice of thanksgiving and declare all your wonders. In temple times, they would bring a korban todah, a thanksgiving offering, to show their appreciation to God for saving them from danger. Folks, we're in danger every day. We live in a fallen world with an enemy seeking to devour us. We should be doing that every day. In the New Testament, the Greek word for thanksgiving, as I mentioned, is eucharistia. It's thankfulness or giving thanks. It's where the Roman Catholic Church co-opted for their communion, Eucharist. But that's not where it began. Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't go, go, don't go whining and complaining and being needy. Go in with praise and and thanksgiving and supplication, knowing that he is your Abba Father. 
It's also a response to the redemptive works of Yeshua, the rework of Jesus. Romans 7.25, I thank God through Jesus the Messiah, our Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach, Adonai. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Paul was trying to get people to understand Thanksgiving, this comes from the heart. This comes from your spirit, man. Your flesh wants to do else otherwise. It wants to do other things. So I'm thankful that he's given me the ability to overcome those things. The most notable accounts of Yeshua giving thanks are during his the miracles of the feeding of the loaves and the fish and also the Last Supper. Matthew 15, starting verse 29, Yeshua departed, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Yeshua's feet, and he healed them. Let me stop there. I just got to stop. What's your healing need? What is it you need right now? Lay yourself at the feet of the Lord. Just lay yourself at his feet. So everyone that got laid at his feet got healed, and so the, the multitude marveled when they saw the, the, ooh, <laughs> the mute speaking. I may be mute here in a second. The mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, which, of course, are the signs of the Messiah. And they glorified the God of Israel. Now Yeshua called the disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they've now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to feed such a multitude? She said, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude, which we know is about 5,000 men, maybe with men and women and children close at eight or 9,000. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and he gave thanks. He broke them gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. And so they all ate and were filled, and then took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Wow. He gave thanks. First Thessalonians 5.18, In everything... Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Messiah Yeshua for you. Ephesians five eighteen through 20, Amplified Version. Do not get drunk with wine, for this is wickedness, corruption, stupidity. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise by singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for all things. In the name of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks. So the Bible talks about thankfulness a lot must be important. Psalm 50, verse 14, Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Folks, if you make a promise to God, keep it. It'd been better off had you not made a promise at all. Psalm 106, verse 1, Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Same thing in Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. His mercy is new every morning. It doesn't matter what you did. Repent. Say you're sorry. 
turn away from those things and those people and whatever it was that you did and get going in the right direction. Holman Bible Dictionary says thanksgiving is gratitude directed towards God generally in response to God's concrete acts in history. Thanksgiving is gratitude. And we know we find that a lot in the book of Psalms. I've been showing that over and over. David wrote about it. They, they talked about it. Psalm 147, verse 7, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. Psalm 69, verses 30 and 31, I will praise the name of God with song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This shall also please the Lord better than an ox or a bull, which has horns and hooves. He wants your heart. He wants your love. We are called to praise and thanksgiving morning, noon, and night. Even in times of stress, even when it's difficult to do so, we should be praising God. And I know I, I've I've sent this to people, especially some going through some really traumatic things, and they just don't want to do it. And all I'm trying to get them to understand is that moment of praise, that moment of thanksgiving, even if it just squeaks out of your mouth, starts to crack that wall that's been built around you, starts to crack that wall around around your heart, starts to loosen the mortar of the bricks that the enemy has put there to trap you inside. Even if it's a whisper, I praise you, Lord. Begin to praise him. Begin to be thankful. Remember the things he's done. Don't focus on what's happening right now. Focus on the things he's done for you. Remind yourself. Feed yourself. Get your spirit man, your your spirit woman, your inner person strong enough to break out of that depression, break out of that darkness, break out of that bondage. David understood, Psalm 42, starting verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night. Well, they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept a pilgrim's feast. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you so quiet, disquieted within me, hope in God? For yet I shall praise him for the help of his countenance. David is convincing himself to do what he knows he needs to do. He remembers he used to go with the multitude. He used to praise in the house of God. He used to shout. He used to sing. He used to dance. And now he's saying to my, his soul, says it again in verse 5, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become restless and disturbed within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. For I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Says it again in verse 11. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become restless and disquieted within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. For I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Hope and wait be thankful. Don't be in despair. Don't be disturbed. Don't don't be sad with your countenance down. Turn your eyes up towards him. Ask yourself, why? Why am I cast down? Why am I depressed? Why am I feeling this way? Okay, let me remember, what has he done for me? Oh, he saved me. If necessary, to go back to the cross. Find your way back to the cross. Stumble back there. Remember the cross. Remember what he did. Remember the empty tomb. Remember the upper room, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Get your eyes off of your circumstances. Oswald Chambers says we have to pray with our eyes on God, not on the difficulties. 
The enemy wants to convince you to focus on the bad things. Oh, look how bad it is. God's abandoned you. None of this would be happening right now if he was with you. Oh, you must be really bad that he would turn his back on you. When you hear words like that, when you hear the lies of the devil, have the courage to call him out for being a liar. Life in this fallen world is going to have ups and downs. It's how you handle the downs, which will affect how you enjoy the ups. Thankfulness is the personal way of life for the believer. Remember again, Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. It was a praise and worship song that with that lyric in it. We used to sing it and had the little sing-song thing, and everybody would sing along. And I was thinking about it today. And I wonder how many times, I wondered for myself how many times I just sang it and how many times I really thought about what I was saying. And then I remembered there were moments I felt like a little child because it's got that kind of lilt to it. See, all creation understands this. All creation joins in offering of thanks to God. Psalm 145, verses 9 through 11. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are all over his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. When you look at the skies and you look at the stars and you look at the planets, you look at the little bug or the flower, you look at a baby, begin to praise him. Begin to be thankful for how awesome he is. Jonah knew this, and Jonah went through some tough stuff. Chapter 2, verse 9 of Jonah, but I will sacrifice I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Thanksgiving was central to Old Testament worship. Sacrifice and offerings were to be made not begrudgingly, but happily with thanksgiving. Deuteronomy 8.10, when you have eaten enough full, Then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Psalm 107, verse 22, Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. It takes an effort. It's not natural. It is a sacrifice. Psalm 54, 6, I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. What he's saying there is, I will sacrifice a voluntary offering to you. I'm not being forced to. I'm doing it willingly. And I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. When I was growing up and the manner in which I grew up, it was always about what you had to do, do's and don'ts instead of wills and won'ts. I choose to do what I do. I know right and wrong. I know what he said to do, but I do it because I want to. I do it because it's right. See, David employed the Levites to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord. It was their occupation, if you will. We get to do it freely, but it was their occupation. First Chronicles 16.4, and he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to commemorate, to thank, to praise the Lord God of Israel. First Chronicles 23.30 And the Levites was to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord, and likewise at evening. Now I'm sure that they, for the most part, did it from their heart. But as you know, with any religious activity, it becomes religious activity. And they do it because they have to. 
That's not us. We get to. First Chronicles 16, verse 7. And on the day David first delivered the psalm into the hand of Asaph and to his brethren to thank the Lord. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his work, his wonders, and the judgments of his mouth. See, the Levites were descendants of Jacob's son Levi, and were selected to serve God in the temple. And some served in peripheral roles, playing music, opening and closing the gates, standing guard, and other things. But when they had the, the tabernacle, the one, you know, the portable church, temple, you know, the, the one that preceded the actual building, the Levites were responsible for packing up, transporting, reconstructing it when they got to wherever they were going, building a new camp. The sacrifices, of course, were served for the coining, which are the priest, the direct descendants of Aaron the brother of Moses. But see, this was a, an obligation. We see that in church. We see that in ministry. We see that in the business of church. It becomes an obligation. See, every every Wednesday when I sit down here, every Wednesday when I sit here and do this work, it's it's never an obligation. If it ever became that, I'd quit. I do it because I love it. I love to study the Word. I love to share with you what I've come up with or what He has put together through me. But I do it from my heart in everything. See, I understand something very clear. I didn't understand it when I was younger. Peter talks about it in First Peter chapter 2 that you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Messiah Yeshua. But you are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people but now are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So what Peter's saying there, it's just like the children of Israel. They, they were one thing. At one point, God found them, saved them, and turned them into another. Now we who are born again, who have been accepted into the family of God, we have been changed, we have been transformed, and he has made us kings and priests to serve God and Father. We get to do it. See, in Leviticus, it was, even though it was an obligation, you were told to do it of your own free will. Leviticus 22, 29, you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord. Offer it of your own free will. Paul talks about that later on in I think it's in Galatians. I don't have the note here, but it just jumped into my head. If you're going to give, don't give begrudgingly. Don't give gritting your teeth. Give freely. Give from the heart. God loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want you giving to him under duress or pressure pressure or manipulation. It must be personal and done freely or it means nothing to him. One of the things I learned from Pastor Shelley was about, you know, David talked about praising God and thanking him morning, noon, and night. I don't, I don't need that schedule anymore because I'm pretty much doing it all the time. Every time I talk to him, which is a lot, which is a good thing I'm saved and born again. You might think I'm nuts. Uh, 
I know that people think that those of us that hear the voice of God and speak to him and get a response and are told things are Looney Tunes, but that's okay. I'd rather be a Looney Tune for God than normal to this world. It's all day long. Many times my brother and Larry and I pray. He allows me to see him, the Lord does, and hear him. And then he drops information or nuggets that we then pray about or he confirms and because it's not a relationship that's forced. It's a relationship of love. Hebrews thirteen fifteen, Through him, therefore, let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. See, it's fruit to him. It's a sweet fruit that he receives from our heart to his. Excuse me. What has he done for you? What has he done for you? What fruit can you offer from your heart to his? I know I share a lot of what he's done for me. And I do that just to be transparent and to verify the word. But right now, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, just stop for a moment. What has he done for you? Begin to praise him. Begin to thank him. Set aside all the failures and the things that are weighing you down and and all the things the enemy wants you to think about and turn your eyes on him. Get some fruit off your tree and offer him from your heart to his. I'll tell you one thing, I'm, I'm thankful for deliverance from sin. Romans 6 verses 17 and 18. But God be thanks, thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. You're free. See, I'm thankful for his indescribable gift of grace through his son. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He gave up his only begotten son as a sacrifice for our sins to set us free of sin and death so that we could be reconciled to him and be able to say, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six through 58, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus the Messiah. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Steadfast, immovable. An attitude of thanksgiving will help you do that. See, thanksgiving is power. It's the power we have over all the things I've mentioned. It's the power we have over sin and death. It's the power we have over the depression and the darkness and the things the enemy wants to put upon us. We can shake it off. We can say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give in to those thoughts. I'm going to be thankful. The sun came up. My eyes opened. My, my heart beats. I, can, I have a voice. I can shout. I can make a joyful noise to the Lord no matter what my neighbors think. The enemy wants to wrap you up in the memories of the failures and what was done to you until it becomes a bondage, it becomes a chain, and you keep going over and over and over in your mind about it. I posted that on social media today. Break the chains. Tomorrow when you have Thanksgiving, take a moment. Don't just jump into the food or the the, the hors d'oeuvres of the football. Take a moment and be thankful. 
I'm so thankful he gave me back the family I threw away. I'm so thankful he changed the direction of my life, which was taking me further into the world, off into the wilderness, off into the darkness, off into the ancestral bondages and curses, and said, nope, I'm not going to let that happen for you. I'm going to close all those doors. I'm going to make all those deals go south so that you have no choice but to come this way. But I did have a choice. I didn't have to take it, but I did. Once he saved me, once he redeemed me, once he gave me back my family, there was no turning back. There was no going back to Egypt. I was out of Egypt. I was heading to the promised land. If you keep looking back, you're going to want to go back. Take your eyes off those things. Move on. Let go of the past. doesn't matter what somebody did to you. That's between them and God. You choose to forgive. And be thankful for the lessons that came from it. All things work together for good for those who are called who are called by God and are called according to his purpose. It's amazing sometimes when I'm talking and I say something, he flashes these visuals in my head and I'm seeing applications or things I hadn't noticed. And having grown up in a broken home, where father walked out, never looked back, never cared enough to check on me or my sister or to find out what happened or to look us or to do anything. There was, you know, there was no uh, hallmark ending where he's there at your graduation or your wedding or whatever. No, he just moved on, forgot we ever existed. And it was painful and it caused a lot of scars and it created some flawed programming. But it's because I've experienced that I can minister to others who've gone through it. Because I've experienced that and he's healed me from it, I am a living testimony that he can heal, save, and deliver. So I'm thankful for that. That's why David gave us the keys to a successful spiritual life. You enter his presence with thanksgiving with praise, with singing, with worship. I know I've shared this with you, but I learned a lot under Pastor Shelley, my spiritual father and mentor, who's gone on to be with the Lord. One of the things I learned under him was worship. He allowed worship to happen. He allowed the Spirit to take over and transcend a moment in time into the throne room And through that, I learned that I had direct access. I didn't need to go to a a building on a a Sunday morning and have, you know, tremendous music to do that. I could walk in at any time. I could shout, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. He's established. He is confirmed When you say amen, that's what you're saying. So always and at all times, offer up to your heavenly Father a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of your lips, thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Our hope in the Lord is not misplaced. No matter what the enemy would have you think, it's not. So praise him. Be thankful. And Dave is not talking about private devotion as as some would teach where you go into your hidden place and you close the door and you get really quiet. But public praise in the midst of the congregation, the goodness of God, If I could shout in the middle of the gym and not get carted off, I would because I listen to um, praise music. and and, uh, So what I do is I throw my hands up. I move around as if they think I'm stretching or doing whatever, but I'm, I'm dancing in praise. I don't care. I'd rather be a fool in the eyes of man than a fool in the eyes of God. Living out Psalm thirty-five, eighteen, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I shall praise you among many people. 
I wonder if any, if there are any other believers in the gym when I do that who know what I'm doing, whether by the position of my hands or the tilt of my head. I don't know. Maybe it'll make them think, what's that crazy guy doing over there? See, it's a way of life. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods, and I will never hesitate to declare that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And every chance I get in front of any demon, fallen angels, or any entity, who is the king? Who sits on the throne? Who destroyed their works on Calvary and is going to come back and finish the job? He is the great king above all gods, small g. Thanksgiving. It is a vital, intrinsic element of worship, and it characterizes the entirety of the life of a believer. Are you struggling with what I'm saying? I know some of you personally, so I don't think you are. At least I don't believe you are. Let me just say that. But are you struggling with what I'm saying? Then shake it off. Find what's keeping you from doing this because this will energize you. This will empower you. If there's a reason the enemy doesn't want you to have it because he knows the power of it. That's why the enemy hates true anointed praise and worship music. I'm not talking about performance. I'm not talking about smoke and lights and mirrors. I'm talking about worship that comes from the heart of the people that turns them into one sound that shakes the rafters, that breaks the chains, that sets the captives free. He doesn't want that. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, As you have therefore received mission. Messiah Yeshua, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Walk it, talk it, established, rooted, grounded, be thankful. And that's just not at our, the time of our conversion. It's a lifelong thing. Yeshua, Jesus is the soil, and we're the, our roots are in him. We draw nourishment from him. He's the vine, we're the branches. The Holy Spirit in the visual is the sap. He's what brings the power. He brings the nutrients. You produce fruit. Well, Paul was saying, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Don't be coldly doctrinal. Don't be religious about it. He wanted their hearts to be captivated by the marvelous truths of the gospel so that what would overflow out of them is praise and thankfulness to God. The gospel is good news. You know somebody needs some good news? The world could use some good news. Because I'm going to tell you right here, right now, November 23 is 749. The world's about to get shaken. Some bad news is coming. And before anyone says, yay, Yahoo, the God's going to judge them, remember judgment begins at the house of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to us today when I, when I said that. And it very tersely said to me, my children think, my judgment is a slap on the wrist. No, when judgment comes to the house of the Lord, it'll be more than just a slap on the wrist. He will set the example with the church for the world. But right now, you can be thankful. You can be like trees, deep-rooted, steadily rising, fully 
nourished, feeling his presence all about you, unshaken in your faith and overflowing with thanksgiving. See, Colossians 3.15 says, if you do that, then the peace of God rules in your hearts to which you are called in one body and be thankful. What are you thankful for? I'm asking you a direct question. I know you can't interact with me and tell me. But what are you thankful for? Think about it. If you're sitting with someone else listening, begin to talk about it. You know what? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you. Me personally, Richard Grunt, I'm thankful for each and every one of you that listen. I'm thankful for each and every one of you that receive. I'm thankful for each and every one of you that nibble on whatever I cook. And then you take it out nourished and strengthened and you share it with others. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the calling. I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful he gave me back my family. I'm thankful he gave me a job in the family business, and I mean that sincerely. To turn the back on on the things I wanted, to turn towards the things that he wanted, knowing that it was a bigger picture and a greater story. Colossians 4.2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Be alert, focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. All prayer starts with being thankful. I think the problem that we have, especially in the name it and claim it mentality of the church, We think he owes us something. He doesn't owe us anything. He did it all on Calvary. Every drop of blood. He doesn't owe us anything. So we need to approach him with thanks. It doesn't mean he doesn't want to give you what you need when you're praying in his will. But what I'm saying is you don't approach him with the attitude of you owe me. You have to give this to me. He's not a uh, a machine where you put in your coin and you get out whatever it is you think you wanted. He's God. The Lord spoke the world into existence, spoke the universe into existence, spoke everything into existence, hold it together by the power of his very presence. You're going to approach him and tell him what to do and what you want? No, you're going to be thankful that you can even come into his presence and not be destroyed. You need a vigilant attitude of thanksgiving. What are you thankful for? What has he done for you? What's going on right now in your hearts and your minds? I I believe what's happening as I feel in my spirit is is what's happening is all this confusion you're, you're, you're thinking about and feeling. And the enemy wants you to focus on, hey, Remember what happened to you? Remember what that preacher did to you? Remember that church you went to? Oh, my God, what hypocrite. Stop. Tell it to shut up in the name of Yeshua. Be still. Be quiet. No, I I met some good people there. I experienced good things there. I'm not going to focus on those things. I'm not going to focus on the rejection. Yeah, my earthly father walked out. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, it 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 did damage. It had an, a downward effect, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. He was not a good person. Had he stayed in my life, I I would have wound up as broken as he was. Sometimes God lets things happen for the good, so I'm thankful that it's a part of my testimony. I'm thankful to be sitting here today with you talking about the Lord, because I will have and hold and keep, and I pray you will too, a vigilant attitude of thanksgiving, not just tomorrow, but each and every day. So, Father, you're awesome. I am so blessed to call you Dad, call you Abba, to know that you love me, 
in spite of all the foolishness and all the things I've done, you love me. And even though my earthly father didn't seek me out, you did. You came looking for me, and you made sure that you found me. And that's why you are my dad. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful, Lord, you let them do what they did to you to fulfill the prophecies and what was necessary for the Lamb of God to suffer. I'm thankful that you didn't at any moment say, nope, don't want to do this, I'm out of here. I'm thankful that your grace is still amazing. I'm thankful that your name is the name above all names and that you still heal. I'm thankful that you give me hope, that you give us all hope, that no matter how bad things are, we know they will get better. We know that you're coming back. I believe that. I'm thankful for that, that you're not going to leave us abandoned and orphaned and You're going to rescue us. I'm thankful that you're going to fix what Hasatan inspired Adam and Eve to do. You're going to fix it so that no more animals have to die. The sin is not pervasive. That freedom will come. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for healing in the lives of your children right now that are listening. Hidden areas that they were not prepared for you to touch got touched. Lock boxes got shattered open and things came out. I'm thankful that you're good that way. And I'm thankful that you're speaking to your son or your daughter right now and telling them how much you love them, that they are feeling your love for the first time in their life. All the religion, all the all the hoo-ha, all the performance, no, nope, that didn't do it. Right now, through the simplicity of the gospel and the presence of the Holy Spirit, I am thankful that they know you as Abba Father. And if they don't know you as Lord, if you have never made him Lord of your life, and that would be odd for you to be here, but you never know. The Lord does things like that. And I don't mean if you were sprinkled or slapped or dunked or whatever as a child. I was all that. And it wasn't until I confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart that he was raised from the dead, that he died for my sins, and that he sits at the right hand of the Father and made him Lord of my life and spoke it out loud that I became born again. I became a new creation. I became a creation from above. If you've not done that, then right now, acknowledge him as Lord. Believe he is who he says he is. Open your heart to him. Confess it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart, and you shall be saved. And for that, I will be thankful. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. Have a blessed Thanksgiving tomorrow. I'm Richard Grun. This has been... The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.